Hello and welcome to this week's Devil of the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join me on the show this week as ever. We have Paul Whiteside. All right, Paul. Hey, Rob. You okay, mate? Yeah, good. How's your week been, mate, so far? Yeah, yeah, very busy. Very busy. I had a bit of a soul on Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm feeling a bit better now. It's been a bit rough last few days, but uh, no, I'm feeling all right. Looking forward to Thursday, mate. Yeah, I've been celebrating England's famous win against Germany in the Euros tonight. And also, I know a guy who's probably been doing the same. I'm joined by Paul Parkin. You've been enjoying uh, England's victory, Paul? Oh, I thought, thought they were playing. Uh, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> that's a shame. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, phenomenal. Cheered me up knowing that. Um, I certainly needed a bit of a pick-me-up. So that's... Uh, that's done the trick for a couple of days at least. So, uh, yeah, no, fantastic that. And uh, it's great to be uh, chatting to you two boys again. Yeah, it's good to know that we're both four pints deep, which is which is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I could do that anymore. <laughs> Not got that in there. So there's loads and loads to talk about on the... On the uh... The podcast tonight. We're going to look back at the, the Leeds defeat. Uh, we've got Richard Marshall's reaction, and uh, then we're all the big news coming out of the club. And then we're going to preview the Wakefield game on uh, Thursday night. So what we're going to do is start with the Leeds defeat um, last game. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, so for Red Devils were defeated against Leeds Rhinos. They went down 38 points to 12. Uh, Paul, talk us through it. Me or Parker? Your Paul. Your Paul is <laughs> Parker. You give, you give me that task, have you? <laughs> I remember what happened now. Um, yeah, it was a funny sort of first half for me. I, I think when you think back to it, it was nip and tuck early, early on. Um, and the sending off and that that sort of turned things around a bit. Um that Lee Mossop and Conrad Hall incident, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. But for me, the turning point of the match really was the two tries that Leeds scored on right on half time. You know, double whammy really. Richie Myler went over twice, took the stick out of us, and really, I, I thought half time that's game over. I didn't think it'd see us coming back from that at all. Um, discipline again, I thought difficult one. You've had a man sent off for three matches running, which is unheard of really in, in rugby league. But I thought Lee Mossop was. I'd have done the same thing. I think you've got a bloke like Conrad Hall running at you. I mean, he was going to—it was either he was going to deck him or he decked him. So I think he did the right thing, really. But no, it was um, one thing about the game. I thought it was very, very, um, very niggly. There was an awful lot of niggle in that game. It seemed every time we play Leeds, it seems to be like that. Um, I, I don't know, don't know why, but it wasn't a great spectacle, really, the game. To be honest. Yeah, look at the team selection, uh, Parker. Uh, Tuilola here at fullback, Escali on the wing. Uh, both sort of played well, I thought, throughout. Yeah, Tui did well at fullback. He's obviously he's played there before, he played there for all leads, so it's not an alien thing for him. Um, and <coughs> after his recent sort of turnouts at, at half back, it, it might have been good just to get him out of there, but give us another attacking option from the back. Um, yeah, he did okay. And, and Escali, well, I mean, his try alone was. You know, it was was simply magnificent. It was a it, it, very rare you see wingers do that these days. Actually, take somebody on on the outside and to do it twice around two players was was something special. But probably one of the very few highlights of the day for me. Um, but yeah, they, they both performed really well. I thought Escaray was 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 really good on the wing. Um, a little bit out of the firing line maybe where he's been in in the last few performances. So uh, give him a chance to get a bit of confidence. But uh, he, he he probably is going to have to go back to fullback now. Um, I think there'll be a bit more movement in the team. Uh, Kenny Seo will obviously come back in, so 
Um, but yeah, no, they them two. They, they were probably two of the standout players really for us. It wasn't uh, wasn't an awful lot to cheer about. But uh, yeah, I, I, like you say, I think them two made a made, made an impact. And I think Terry at fullback probably is is his better position at the moment. Yeah, obviously other positives. Uh... Paul, uh, the Chris Atkin interception try. He knows where the line is when, when he gets the ball off an interception and there's only one way it's going to end. Yeah, he did well there, uh, didn't he, Chris Atkin? I thought I thought Chris was, was pretty steady again. I mean, you get 100% effort out of him every week. I think he worked really hard again. I thought um, Elijah Taylor got through an absolute ton of work. I mean, I watched him walk off at the end and he was like a sort of 70 odd year old man hobbling off but you could just see how much graft he'd put into the game he could hardly stand up I mean that's maximum effort that from the lad and the amount of tackling that he did as well and sometimes I feel a bit sorry for him because you think God if he was in like a side like St Helens or you know he'd be a real superstar I mean he'd have other people doing bits around him but for Salford he just seems to have to do too much work and He's got a bit of um, class about him, but you don't always see his class because he's too busy doing all the dirty work. But uh, but no, there was some some decent performances. There. I thought Jack Armoury came on and ran really well, but I'd like him to get more minutes. I don't I didn't think he got enough minutes for me on uh, on Sunday. But there wasn't, like you said, there wasn't a lot of highlights in the game in that second half. Leeds sort of put the foot on the pedal really. I don't really think Leeds played that well. They didn't really need to do. They just sort of. I think there was a couple of times where they just put the foot down and just scored a couple of tries for me. I thought Leeds ran harder, were a bit more enthusiastic than us, and just did the basics right. With us, I don't know, we just seemed really clunky on attack. I thought we had quite a bit of ball there sometimes, and it didn't really look like we were going to threaten Leeds. So, but it was a step forward against Huddersfield, but I thought it was two steps back at weekend. I was really disappointed with the performance. Yeah, the Atkin uh, pattern combo didn't quite work this week did it Parker um, like Paul said a bit clunky it got better as, as the game went on uh, but yeah you, you kind of think so what, what was the difference there from this week and last week uh, I, I don't know Patton didn't look fit to me or, or there was something not not there with him I, it was pointed out to me at the end of the game that at the start of the second half we had Leeds pinned on their line we had a, we had a great sort of start to the, to the half and a chance to get back in the game if you like and in the set of six on their try line, Patton didn't touch the ball once. Now, if you scrum half on a set of six on the on the opposing try line to not touch the ball, there's something not quite right there. Uh, Atkin did a, a, an amazing shift again. Uh, one missed tackle on Myler where he scored, which was it was a poor attempt, and I think he'd admit that himself. But other than that, he did what he could. Um, but Patton just didn't look he didn't look right. But the whole attacking platform, and it's been like this all year. Paul pointed out last week about how few points we've scored this season. Again, we we scored one miracle try from Escaray and an interception. We didn't actually create anything, really, for 80 minutes. We, we looked very, very flat and, and there's no creativity there in, in attack. Um, and that that's, you know, that's going to change. Something's got to happen there. We can't carry on like this. Somebody, put, again, pointed out to me, if the opposition scored 20 points in a game, we're not winning because we're not going to score 21. That's that's just the way we you know we're looking at the moment. Um, there was a few things in the game though that that didn't. I mean, we got a penalty in the first half, and the first time we ran it, and then the second time we decided to take two. Mm. Now for me, we had leads on the rack there, and with four of their players having played big minutes on the Friday night, for me, you keep the ball going, you keep the attack going, you keep pressuring them, try and wear them out. It might not work straight away. But late in the game, it'll have a different impact. And we took the two, and even though we kicked it, we were still behind. Mm. It was kind of an irrelevance of a penalty. I think it was a complete waste. And at that point, you know, if we'd have put our foot on the, the, the on their throats a little bit, 
Who knows? You score off that set, you go into the lead. It's a different game. You've got the ball back rather than, you know, I, I don't, I just didn't understand the decision. There was things like that. Um, and Paul mentioned Taylor, and I, I'm, I'm full of, you know, I, I love the guy. I think he's brilliant, but he's getting no protection either. And I saw at least three cheap shots on him on on Sunday, which the referee, I think he saw one of them at least, to give a penalty, but it, it, it was worse than that. And he didn't bother. And if I was Richard Marshall, I think I'd be pointing out to the RFL. He's, he's doing these massive minutes in, in both defence and attack. And then other teams are targeting with with ridiculous cheap shots. One off the ball, which was... I, I don't know if the Salford player had done it. It'd have walked. There's, there's no two ways about it. Um, so there's things like that. And you, they're going to stifle him. They're going to take that energy out of him because you know he's full of energy. He will keep us going. And he's a bit of a leader on the, on the park. Um, but yeah, it was it was just a few things in the game that seemed a little off again to me. Like last week, we were full of energy. We were twelve men against thirteen, rather than twelve against twelve. And even when it was twelve against twelve or eleven against eleven at one point, Leeds seemed to be able to outnumber us again. Even in defence, they scored a try um, off a quick off a, off a tap, I think it was, um, and they just went inside and turned the ball back to the wing, and we had nobody there. And you you can't play like that. You can't blame numbers because we both have the same numbers. Just players switching off. And we weren't on our game again this week. And like Paul said, it was definitely two steps back this week. Yeah. Uh, talking about Richard Marshall, I spoke to him after the game. Uh, and this week I had to say. Coach's corner. Yeah, another game, another sending off and two sending this time. What did you make of the incidents? And uh, how do you improve the players' discipline in such heated moments? I think uh, as a group, we've got to understand that, um, you know, there's certain things we can and can't do and, and there's certain things the opposition can and can't do. Uh, and we've got to, we, we can only take control of what we, what we do. Uh, our tackle technique's got to be better. Uh, our resilience uh, during them tough periods got to be better as well um, but there's got to be a bit of consistency uh, you know a couple of players from, from the Leeds were throwing punches and, and they got sim bins or, or, or stern talkings twos and we just think we, yeah we're getting a bit of a raw deal at the moment but at the same time our group's got to put the hands up it just puts us all under pressure uh, it, you know it's never about one person whether they score the winning try or get sent off it's about a collective team effort yeah, you recall two little here and played him at fullback and put Morgan Italy on the wing. Both played well. Uh, do you think it's kind of a positional sort of permanent change now, or do you think it's just more pain in there until you get some bodies back? Well, yeah, we, we, we you know we're lacking with uh, Kevin Brown being out. We, we, we lost some leadership when Lee Mossopop obviously went off. We're lacking some direction, some leadership. Um, we, we played pretty much there with three halves, didn't we? With Deck, Chris, and Tui. Uh, we, we, we wanted to get Morgan in. We thought Morgan's ready, ready, you know, ready to go. And uh, oh, he's probably not an out-and-out winger, but he's got some pace. He's got some skill about him. Uh, Tui played pretty well, really. Uh, he think we think he can, um, you know, organise our last plays a lot better. I think that was probably the learn from there. That's all. Which he, which he has to do when he plays halfback as well. Yeah, losing ten six at the back end of the first half. We had Leeds under pressure. We decided to take a penalty kind of in front of the posts. Um, did you make that call or, or was it the players? 
Well, we had one. We had a penalty. I think it was a previous set. We chose to run it. We got a little bit nearer. We we, we got a penalty, and we thought, you know, it's, it's it was a, a, a gimme for us. Um, yeah, I think that well, it was my call and, and the players uh, off the back of that. Yeah, second half in a tough scenario. Um, you, you sort of put the effort in, in that towards the back end. Uh, what did you learn from that second half? Well, we we um, we learned that we didn't give in. We don't give in here, which is good. But we learned we've got to be a lot smarter uh, in our defence, in our contact. I thought Brad Dwyer had a field day against us. He was really quick and elusive and broke us down several times. Um, th- there's a lot to review in that game. There's quite a lot of people who've got to look at their performance within our group because it wasn't good enough. Yeah, with injuries and suspensions mounting up the Wakefield uh, on Thursday and Hull on Monday, it's a tough test uh, for, for your squad. Yeah, it is. It's going to, and it's just going to get tougher. You know, if we keep playing that way and putting ourselves under pressure, it's going to keep getting tougher. Uh, but it was tough last week. We managed to come through. We'll come through this one again. We will. And um, But it's a big game on Thursday for us. Test. Is, it, is it a physical or mental thing in these next two games? Not quite sure. Uh, it depends what team we get out, on, what we what, what we what we can get out um, on Thursday. We'll, we'll hopefully have a couple back. Obviously, Greg Burke will be back. I'm hopeful Danny Addy will, will be available. We're, I'm sure we'd have picked up a couple more injuries today, though. Um, listen, the, the, the game was originally on Friday. You know, it's two days. It probably doesn't make too much difference, but uh, it'll be yeah. Obviously, Wakefield are coming off a decent performance as well, so it's, it'll be it'll be tough for us. But listen, we'll be we'll be we'll be fighting on Thursday, guarantee. Cheers, Rick. Good luck. But not getting red cards. When I say fighting, I don't mean fighting. <laughs> fighting. Trust me. Yeah, I've had enough of Hopefully. that. <laughs> Cheers, Rick. So that was Richard Marshall talking to himself after the game, uh, Paul. And he did mention the moment where what Park is talking about now about taking that uh, two-point uh, penalty just before the end, uh, the, the end of the first half. And he did say basically it was a gimme because they backed up two penalties and just just thought they needed something when they got sort of got to that end. What does what does that tell you about him as a coach and the players' mentality? Do you think do you think they're short of confidence and, and they're thinking we'll we'll get something? And and if they didn't get something, that the Reds would go down, or is it just tactics? And which obviously went not being captain hindsight, but went horribly wrong because Leeds scored two tries within like five minutes he, after. He tells me that they're not confident in scoring points. Um, they don't believe that they can score tries. Somebody put on Twitter the other day, we're averaging is it eleven points a game, ten points a game? It's an absolute joke. You can't. I mean, two tries. If we score three tries, you're putting the flags out. Two tries a match. It's I don't know. That That's what I got from it on Sunday when they kicked that penalty goal. It was one of those there. Yeah, I could see an argument for it. It got us back to 10-8, but you weren't leading. So, yeah, I think it would have made more sense to run it, especially like Parky said. They've, they've had players on a short turnaround. I think it was like, what was it, 36 hours since the full-time out on, on Friday night. So, they've not had long to, to break. We just don't seem to have any ambition on attack at the moment. And, you know, it's safety first, that kicking the two points. But you've got to have a bit more. You've got to be more direct. I thought the weekend, we tried going lateral all the time. And, you know, just get leads were very direct. They, they run the ball in Aledski. They made the ground. They got on the front foot. And then and then Dwyer and the other lad at Ucker, was the other, Lehman, they, 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 they just crucified us. 
And that's where we've not got that. I know Andy Ackers is learning on the job and he's, he's new to Super League and that, but we've not got that direct man at Hooker making those cheap yards. And for me, Leeds were just steamrolling us down the pitch and, and their pack of four was just, just dominated it, really. Another thing that doesn't help you as well, I mean, I know Lee Mossop descending off was, you know, he's one of them, really, isn't it? What, what could he have done there? But it doesn't help. We had a man sent off and we had two men two men So he's disrupting things all the time. And then you've got to shift players around and... It, it, I'd just like us to have 13 men on the pitch just to just to get us through a game. There's a lot of mitigating factors at the moment. And you can't blame Richard Marshall for them. I mean, what what could he have done about the the, the sin binnings and the sending off? I mean, I didn't I didn't um, the Jack Wells when I, I was following the ball, so I didn't really see see that. I know it was believe it was a dangerous throw, was it, or a dangerous tackle? Um, the Ryan Lannon one and Gale. Gail took exception to something in the tackle because I had my eye on that and I saw what was going on and he just went for him chucking punches like what's going on with that? why is Lannan getting simbin you know he didn't really do anything like that he just stood there and took the punches so I'm glad Gail got banned because I think he deserved to get banned um, so yeah, I thought Robert Hicks the referee didn't have any sort of control over <coughs> I'm not blaming the referee for the result but it was a it was a, it was a poor game to watch at times really wasn't it? very scrappy very scrappy Paul, being our being the sports zones uh, boxing correspondent, talk us through the the, the sort of the lean mossop punch. Was it? Was I know it was. Uh, I know it's not it's not what we wanted being down to twelve men, but it was clean. Well, you say that. I've seen a couple of replays of it, and it does look like it, it sort of glances. It does look like a flush on, but I mean, I won't like taking one off Lee Mossop. But I was thinking to myself, if he had a bit in flush on, real flush on, he wouldn't have got up. So um, it was still a cracking punch, though. I mean, that's one of the best punches I've seen for years. I've seen some good ones. I mean, I think I remember that Terry O'Connor and Gordon Tallis one in the test match at Old Trafford I went two years ago. That was a good punch up. But uh, no, that was a cracking punch from Lee Mossop. And I, to be honest with you, I watched the, the incident. I remember seeing it clear as day because following the ball, Mossop knocked on um, and he got frustrated. And I think he sort of threw Hurl on the floor. It was a good tackle. And Hurl t- didn't like it because he roughed him up. And he sort of chucked out at him at the play of the ball, you know, throughout. Through, so he threw the first punch. And then I think Mossop sort of shoved him back. And then he went for him. And so what's Mossop supposed to do? If Conrad Ullard had caught Mossop, he'd have gone down, wouldn't he? So he's defending it. I think <coughs> Marshall's right when he said he's defending himself. But perhaps he should have just pushed him away rather than knocking him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Parky, I suppose. Uh, at what point does Conrad Ullard think, oh, oh, this is not a good idea? Uh, probably when he woke up. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it was. I mean, to, I, the, I, I went back to the, the pub after the game, and uh, everybody in there was absolutely buzzing about that moment. It was, you know, there was absolutely everybody was. There was smiles on people's faces when you mentioned it. Um, it it's not what you want. It's not rugby league, is it? We don't. We don't particularly need it. But if you're going to get a red card, let's do it right, you know. And that's that was one of the moments. And I, I agree. I mean, why, why is Horrell chasing him? What's what's wrong with him? What, what, what the referee or anyone else expect when a player comes running after you? You've got to stand your ground. And like Paul said, I mean, if Horrell gets the first dig in there, he's a big lad. Yeah. He must be 18 stone. Him, he's, he's, he's massive. You get a crack off him, you're probably going down. So, yeah, get your dig in first. And, and, and Moose definitely did. And, uh, you know, as much as you don't want to get your players getting sent off, he's, he's every right to defend himself in that way. Um, and like Paul said, the, the one with Lannan, he got attacked. He, he got physical. If you did that in the street, you'd be arrested. Luke Gale attacked him, and I think I think um, Myler came in and gave him a dig as well. But that's 
that's typical of that kind of character for me um, with, with Myler. I think he's he is that kind of character. But um, no, I think that like Paul said, the referee just had no control over the game, start to finish, and like I say, with these cheap shots that he didn't seem to see, and then he starts telling a ball boy off. I mean, who you know could control for it? He must have little man syndrome or something. I don't know what it was about, but he he wants to be in control of everything, but he was in control of nothing throughout the game. Um, and he let a lot go that he shouldn't have done. He should have clamped down. If he'd have done that early enough, a lot of this doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it was one of them games where, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I thought it was one of the worst games I've seen as well, standard-wise. I think both teams were were poor. Leeds, Leeds were less poor than we were. I think that's all I can say. It was a bit like the league game earlier in the year. It was just two teams a bit slugging it out a bit, but there was no, there was no real quality in the game. And uh, I, I think, you know, obviously cramming a an unnecessary international in the middle of it all it didn't LP the team. Um, but but again, on that, one thing that, that... I was a bit disappointed with Marshall not playing at least CEO. I mean, I know he scored two tries and he played 80 minutes, but how much work did he get through as a winger in that game? And then Paulie Paulie came on for about 10 minutes. And yet Leeds managed to play all days, except the one that got injured in, on Friday night. And we didn't put any of ours out. And we were already short of troops. I think it's... I think he created a problem he didn't need to the other night. And and because one of the things that did stand out to me was we didn't make enough metres going forward again. We had no real bulk, whereas Leeds were. Someone like Paulie Paula, even if he gives you an extra 15, 20 minutes in that game because he played the night, a couple of nights before, he just gives you some impact. And we didn't have that. And I think, I think Richie Marshall, I know what he's doing. He's protecting his players. He's looking ahead to future games. But you win the game, you've got to win. You win the game in front of you. And worry about that afterwards. And I was a bit disappointed with that. I thought certainly Kenny Seal could have played. Um, I mean, let's be honest, he's not going to get the ball in half our lot anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. But um, but then we probably wouldn't have seen the Escarade sort of miracle try. So swings and roundabouts. But I was a bit disappointed with that. And I think it, it, it could have played, you know, you don't want to upset your team too much. And we did. We took a player out that we didn't need to. Yeah, I think in boxing and in rugby, uh, Paul, it's all about being the big dog and being the alpha. And I think Conrad Hull, Hurrell uh, just wanted to make an impression and got found out there. Um, Lee Mossop being the being the captain and being the prop forward just did, did what prop forward was doing in that situation for me. Um, yeah, he's copped his ban. Um, hopefully, it won't. He'll you know, let his uh, rugby league talents uh, do the talking from now on on the field. Uh, the other indiscipline, Jack Wells, he was simbined. Um, I think it was for a, kind of a lifting his legs above a certain height. I think that was that one. And uh, I didn't quite see the Ryan Lanham one. I just think it was on the ground, bit of, bit of scrapping, Paul. But um, indiscipline, again, but I suppose it shows the sending off that we're having are different types. You're having uh, individual indiscipline and also sort of high tackles and stuff. So it's, it's, it's sort of a, not like one sort of sort of indiscipline that Richard Marshall has to sort out. No, we've we've gone from like the least penalised team a couple of years ago to being one of the most penalised teams. You know, thinking back when we were younger, when we were kids watching them growing up, you, you very seldomly saw a red card in a season, let, let alone three, three matches <laughs> running. So, uh, so yeah, we've had quite a lot of simbinings this season as well, haven't we, for, for, for daft things here and there. So it's something that needs cleaning up. But just going back to, I agree what Parker said there about, about Kent Hill. I think they... You 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 create you created a problem there really. It was a big conundrum because if CEO would have played, it he sorts out that you could have played two at full back and you wouldn't have had the escalade on the wing. Right, you wouldn't have seen that try, would you? But I think it sort of created a bit of a 
an issue there of shifting it round a bit more. So I don't know why Paulie Paulie didn't play either. And as I said before, I'd like to see Jack Armour get some more minutes because I thought when he came on, he, he ran well, but he doesn't get long enough. He needs a bit more time to get into the game and make you some yards. So this game against Wakefield now on Thursday becomes really important because as I said before, you've got to beat the side that's in front of you. So we've lost that Leeds game now. You lose this game against Wakefield now and you're going to all on the back of two defeats in quick succession. You see he's getting lamped at all. So then we've got three we've got two more away games on the spin. So this Wakefield game is gonna be a massive game now to, to get a result from. So it's don't know, it's gone from that other field. As, as I said like the last week, it all changes in a week, doesn't it? You go to OK, you get stuffed, you beat Uddersfield, you're on top of the world, then you get stuffed against Leeds again and you're back down there. So uh, you never know, we might we might tank Wakefield on Thursday. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, looking at the stats, uh, Parker, uh, Elijah Taylor, top tackle, well, top tackle, one of the top tacklers, 33, Andy Akers, 37, Oliver Roberts, 26, Harvey Levette, 33, and Jack Wells with 30. So, plenty of tackling there from the forwards. Yeah, yeah, again, we had to, our ball control wasn't brilliant again, but when you're not creating a lot and you're turning the ball over in, in bad areas, you're on the back foot, you're going to have to do a lot of defending. And again, like I say, if you're struggling with numbers, you don't want your players being tired out by, by to do all the defence because that's the hardest part. You know, when you've got the ball, the game's a lot easier. Um, but we, we just keep finding ourselves on the back foot, giving the ball back to the opposition in easy positions. I think the amount of times that they started their set on, you know, the 30 or 40, and we'd start ours on our try line. And by the end of the set, we weren't out of our own half and they were on our 20th. You know, it, it makes a big difference. Um, and again, like I said, I mean, Elijah Taylor there again. Is it a week goes by where he doesn't do at least 30 tackles? No, and he's going to burn him out. He, we, you know, we can't expect that from him all the time. We just, we just got to improve with the ball for me. We're doing too much defending, and that that will have an effect over the game. And I think when you look at, like you said before, about the two tries before half time, sloppy defence on both of them. Mm. Is that you know the 39th minute of the game of that half? Are they tired because they've done so much work the rest of the time? That I mean, it could have an effect, and certainly in the second half it would. Uh, and it was, you know, it was quite a warm day, wasn't it, as well, on, on Sunday. The, you know, you just, these things will add up. There'll be elements of everything in that. Um, but we've just got to get better with the ball. That's, it's as simple as our attack has got to improve. Yeah, I think you're right there, Parker. Uh, looking at the metres, uh, Morgan Escalade, 201, Elijah Taylor, 83, Tua Lally here, 144, Chris Atkin, 136, and Jack Wells, 103. Uh, Paul, Richard Marshall in his, his post-match press conference sort of, Question certain players, um, you know, performance, and they said they'd be looking at it this week, try and get it better. The rest were kind of around about 60 or 30 meters made, um, which kind of shows sort of what the problem is that we're not making big meters as a as a group. No, you you be you're on the back foot, aren't you? Um, you're not getting out of your own half, and then when you like that, you, you kick at the end of the set. It's a desperate one because you just just an oomph down the field, isn't it? It's not an attacking sort of kick. I can remember in the early stages of the game, I think, if I remember rightly, Leeds knocked on in their own half twice. I think it was two sets running and it gave us opportunity and we did nothing on either of them. We, we never looked like scoring and their opportunities where you've got to make it count, you've got to put pressure on. If you're not going to score a try, get a repeat set, do something clever, do something smart. We don't. We're not doing that. We're letting teams off the hook and not giving them... We're not challenging them enough. I mean, teams with players at the moment thinking, oh, they're easy Salford. They're easy to play against. They don't test us. They don't really do that. I mean, that leads to, as we said before, you know, players who played on Friday night in that um, test match game, we should have been roaring out against them. 
and, and tiring them out. Instead, it looked like all our players had been playing on, on, on Friday night. And it's no, it was a real disappointing performance. And you feel for Richard Marshall because it's not like he can drop players and bring loads of players in because he, he's struggling for players. You've not got the, the you've not got the, the amount of players in your squad to do that. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be tough for him this week naming naming a side. Yeah, big thanks for your three-word match reports from Man of the Matches. Ricky P from Sale with his dogs. Uh, now going forward, Reese Williams uh, with his Man of the Match. Um, Salford Reds fan demoralised with it, Taylor. Uh, Gary Williams, poor in attack, Wells. Uh, Stuart Smart, edge defence, uh, non-existent. That's more than four words, that. Stuart, uh, his man of the match was Atkin. Uh, Dom Hall, Rhinos knocked out. Mossop, quality swing that. But so we talked about that. Um... Your mate, Royal Abbey, uh, Paul, you don't like Leeds, but his man of the match was uh, Elijah Taylor. Um, Colin Wilson, discipline, still poor, Parker. It's, it's one of them where they're going to have to fix it up because they, you can't go into every game and, and lose one, lose a player every week and expect to win. No, like you said before, though, I mean, they are different. The one last week where all right, it was the wrong player who went off, the Sarge was going in. To do a, a a ball and all tackle to save a try, you know that's he's got it wrong. That's it wasn't, you know, was it dirty? But dirty player, I don't think it was. I think he was just he's a wholehearted player. Um, this week, you know, it, it's it's a punch that could have been avoided if their player hadn't been an aggressor. You know that kind of thing. The, the Jack Wells one, I, I saw it happening at the time. I thought he's just unlucky there. He's got the tackle wrong. It, it's a penalty, you know. And then I've seen it again and. Yeah, I think you know maybe if it was against our player, I might want it the the, the opponent to get a yellow card. But it's it's just unfortunate. He, he, we we've seen Jack. We've praised him enough. He's that's not his game. He's he's not a dirty player. He's just he's got a tackle wrong. That's all. They are they are all different. Chris Atkin got simbined uh, old KR for an absolute. Well, it wasn't even a wasn't even a penalty to start with. Never mind a simbin it. Um, but then you get Paulie Paulie charging a player off the ball. You, you know these things happen. Discipline wise, for me. It's going to sound. I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm digging them all up, but I think I think we're getting treated unfairly. I honestly do. I don't know why. I don't know what we've done. I don't know if the showers in the, the referees' room are colder than the AJ Bell or what. I don't know what it is. Whether we don't give them, you know, the right tea. Whether they only drink Yorkshire tea or whatever it is. But we Leeds did things the other day that I've not seen teams do since the eighties. Really cheap. And there's another word for it, but should we say cowardly tactics that didn't didn't get punished? Uh, and if we'd have done them, you know, for a fact, we would have been, you know, things like where players don't play the ball right, uh, that, things like that that happen, and we get punished. Another t- and I see, and I try and be like balanced during the game, and I'm watching it and trying to take, you know, n- not listen to other people, just trying to let, what see what's in front of them. And even then, I'm shaking my head, going, "Well, they've just done the same thing and got away with it." This discipline thing, there is an issue, clearly. But a lot of that comes because you are defending a lot. You're trying to slow the play down. You're trying to do just try and pull something a little bit, you know. But I don't I don't have us down as a dirty team still. I don't think we are. I think we just I think we're just getting punished for, for everyone, every mistake we make at the moment. And I, I don't know where, where you lay that, that blame. The coach can only say so much. When they go on the pitch, it's up to them to use their own brains, the players. To, to not get in them positions, but then sometimes they haven't created a problem in the first place. It isn't a penalty, but they're getting penalised. So it, it's a tough one. Um, but if we play with the ball a little bit more, we probably won't get punished as much. So that's that's the key. 
So technical errors rather than being thugs. That's, yeah. that's what we're saying out with Parker. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Uh, other news. Dave Nocter, not the best tailor. Alan Walker, keep the faith, Atkin. Uh, Chris Sloan, uh, Gales, Toupe Ruffled, Williams. Uh, Paul, you said not many positives. Taylor? Yeah. Um, no, I didn't think there was many positives to take out there. Come away from the game, not really good, because the Leeds game is one I always look out for, and I know certain supporters do. We've not got the best record against them. We've got quite a bit of history with them as well, and it's it's a game I always look out for and want us to do well in. Um, and I didn't think we did. I didn't think we did ourselves justice. I just thought it was a poor performance. We, we were lacklustre. I think we tend to look frustrated sometimes, and I think that's why we tend to give these penalties away. There's a lot of frustration running through the team. Perhaps we're getting a bit desperate as well. Things aren't going your way. But you've got to respect the ball a bit more. You've got to do a bit more when we've got the ball. You know, we, we tend to give the, the possession away and then we're working too hard sometimes. You've got to play a bit. You say it to us at work sometimes. You know, it's not about working harder, it's about working smarter. And I've never really believed it, but you look at it sometimes. Yeah, perhaps it's true. Perhaps it is true. Perhaps we, we do need to be a bit smarter on the on the ball. So, um, so yeah, I was I was disappointed because I didn't take a lot of positives out because I didn't think Leeds played that well. But yeah, they still lapsed to be 38 points. So, disappointing, especially at home as well. Yeah, it was it was disappointing after last week's uh, heroics parky, but you know we, we'll we'll dust ourselves down. Um, lost a few more bodies as we'll come into it in a minute, and we'll go again on uh, on Thursday, which is a bigger game really than the Leeds one, one that we we think we might turn might win. Not not for me, not for me. I think Wakefield at the moment are actually a better team than Leeds. Uh, I think this is the worst Leeds team I've seen in my lifetime. I will say that. And I said it on, on Sunday, and that's what's most depressing about conceding 38 points, is that Leeds are nothing special. We gave Luke Gale the, the run of the pitch as much as he wanted, um, and he just made things happen. And that you can't do that. It's simple. You know who their main man is. The rest of them, for me, are, are average at best. That's as good as he gets. Wakefield, I, I'm, I like Wakefield. I like watching them. I like the way they play and the spirit they've got. I think they're a decent team. Um and as I said last week, you've got to target the game in front of you. Does it? No, no game should be any bigger than any other. But if we'd have beat Leeds, the confidence be, building up now to, to Thursday night is completely different. Now we're looking, looking around, licking our wounds, going, who's going to play? Who's got confidence? You know, another hammering. But where do we go from there? That, that, that's the problem for me. I think that's why I was disappointed that he didn't feel Seal and, and Paulie as well. Try and get get your best players out on the park as be, as much as you can, um, and worry about the next game after that. that that's all we can do. Um, but yeah, it, it was just disappointing because, like I say, Leeds didn't have to work hard. They didn't have to do anything special. There was no there was no craft in what they did. That's why I said earlier it was a poor game. But like, you know, if you're if that was your first game of rugby league, it might well be a laugh. <laughs> except if you like boxing, because you know that was the the, the excitement with all the fights. Um, but yeah, there's, there's so much to do. But the confidence of the players, it looks like it's on the floor to me. And after last week, it's surprising because you would have thought they'd have come out this week absolutely flying, buzzing after after a win, knowing that Leeds had four players who played big minutes a couple of nights before, and and we just didn't look. We didn't look right. We didn't look up for it. Yeah, I thought we've got to say though, Paul, that we've lot, lot, lots of injuries. Um, Obviously, a, t- a team that's not f- full of confidence, um, sort of trying to feel the way back in. 
to, to, to the season. And, that, and that's why they, they are struggling. Yeah, what is it now? Two wins in 11. Mm. So it's, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty desperate, really, that form. And I mean, someone, I saw it mentioned the other day, what, how many points did London get a few years ago when they got relegated? I think they got about 20 points and they won about 10 games. So I, I can't see us within anywhere near 10 games this season. So it's, um, yeah, it's been disappointing. Yeah, I think there is mitigating circumstances, but there always is when you're struggling. When you're struggling, you always seem to get injuries. Um, there always seems to be loads of problems. There's confidence isn't there. And we say you, you get your confidence from winning games, don't you? So we had the ideal opportunity there. You beat Huddersfield against all the odds. Um, great performance. Fans were, were going bananas. You come back to against Leeds at home. We've not won in front of our home supporters. That, that's when you kick on, really. You need to come out and really play well against them. And I don't think we did. I don't think we've, we've, we played well. And we've got, to, we've got to somehow dust ourselves off and, and play well against Wakefield. But obviously, I don't want to say too much about Wakefield because we'll, we'll preview them in a bit. But they're a decent side. They've got a good spine, good half-backs, uh, good back rower in Matty Ashurst, who always plays well. Got guys like Tom Johnston playing for them on the wing. They, they've got danger players. So I think they're just as good as Leeds. So it's going to be another test for us. Yep, so that's our look back at the, the Leeds game. And now, and what we'll do, uh, we'll look at all the big news coming out of the club this week. So, Park, it will start uh, with you, Jack Wells and Lee Mossert banned for two matches and Joe Burgess banned for one match. Um, running out of bodies. Yeah, once again... Um... The, obviously, we I think we knew as soon as the punch landed that Mossop was getting a getting a ban, <clears throat> um, which is which is a shame. Jack, I, I feel for. I think he's in great form. I think he, he's giving everything for the cause, and he gets one tackle wrong, and you know he, he gets a ban. He, that's that's tough on him because he's been he's been really good for us. And uh, and the Joe Burgess one, I, I still don't know what happened. I still don't know who who he punched and why. Uh, I don't remember the incident in the game, and I, I've wrapped my brain since, and I still can't pick it out. And I watched um, I watched the Super League show last night uh, on the BBC, and there was no mention it on there. There was no, I don't, I didn't see it. I, don't, I can't really comment. But Joe Burgess punching people, really, considering what, as I said earlier on about the Leeds, you know, some of the Leeds tactics, um, seems a bit of an odd one. So that's that's a big shame because he's obviously just getting himself trying to get himself up to speed now after a. A long period out, um, and and when you you know you are losing players, uh, it's 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 tough. I mean the only the only plus will be that Ken Seo will come back into the team for him, um, so we do get an extra body in there. But losing losing Moose is is big because as a skipper he leads from the front. He's been nothing but nothing but phenomenal for us since he joined us. You know he rebuilt his career and he's been he's been a proper leader. So uh, not having him again, basically three weeks on the bounce, really, when you count up the minutes that he didn't do on Sunday. He, he got injured in the warm-up at Huddersfield. He's a big miss, a really big miss, because you need a leader in the pack. And we've got Taylor in there who's, who's doing that, but you, you need you need your, your captain. And that's, they're, they're, they're big blows, and uh, it, it's a shame for them all. But you could certainly see the Mossop one coming, so that's you know that, that one's fair enough. But the others... I think it might be a little harsh. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be a difficult period for Richard Marshall's men. Uh, Paul, in the, in the next few weeks, these games come in thick and fast. Um, obviously, with injuries as well, it's it's a difficult time for, for everyone. It is, it is. And I was thinking to myself the other day about the suspensions and that. I mean, every week now, it, like they, they announce it, don't they? The RFL or the, the tribunal thing. And it's 
think that years ago, when I first started watching rugby, no one got banned really. You only got banned if you, you know, you like you chin somebody. So like now it's like every week someone gets banned. I mean, did Jack Wells really deserve a, a ban for that? You know, is it a ban? I mean, it's, we're not playing tiddlywinks here. Are we? It's a physical contact sport, mm-hmm. and yeah, all right, he's <laughs> done a bit of a tough tackle, but does it warrant a ban? You got a sin bin in the game, so you lost him in the game for ten minutes. So why are you getting stung again? It's like Lee Mossop. Does he deserve two games for that? He got sent off, so sending off sufficient. I don't. I think. I think some of the the banning that is pretty harsh these days. I mean, I don't know what it's like in Australia with their judiciary, but they don't seem to be banning players willy nilly like we are. I mean, it's when they come over that World Cup if they come over. You watch that when they play, and there'll be no messing about. They won't be playing tig and pass with us. They'll be absolutely mincing us in the tackles and, and, and really putting the hits in and that. And, and to me, when I watch the NRL, I don't watch as much as I'd like to, but I always think there's something different there with theirs. It's a lot more physical than as the players are bigger for a kickoff. But yeah, I don't know. It just seems to me like I don't want to have a go at referees because it's unfair, but sometimes I look at them and think, have they ever really played the game? Do they understand the physicality of it? Um, you know, it's difficult when you play sport like that before. You, you you sort of you know it's physical, don't you? And you you know people get hurt and things like that. And it's part and parcel of it. We're referees, and I think they, they just seem to. It's hard to describe it, but I don't know. I think sometimes they they weighed the cards a bit willy nilly for me, really. And the the sim binnings and that some of them are a bit silly. Look at Atkins the other week. I mean, what what was all that about? It, it's they poor, aren't they? Some of them. Let's have it right. I I, I think personally. Uh, what it is, referees, they're all human, aren't they? I think yeah, they yeah. need more help. I think they'll need to have the, you know, video refs at every game, uh, more cameras at every game, so you, they have an e- you know, much more easier way of making decisions. They're only one human being, uh, Parker, and they can only see it in real time, and, and sometimes they get, they get that decision wrong. Yeah, but it's always been that way. And they used to be amateur referees, now they're professional, and they mm. do the job worse for me than they ever have done. Um, like you say, don't want to bag them. We haven't got a game without them. But I mean, what what I, what I couldn't get my head around was in the first half, two men square up to each other. There's a punch. There's a fight. Two men get sent off. In the second half, there is another fight, and they both get yellow cards. So have I missed something? Here? What's the difference? Is it a red card or a yellow card for a fight? What what where are we going with this? I don't I don't quite understand the the rule. And then there was punch. He was given the signal for punch. He's been thrown in a tackle. Which were just penalised. There was no sim bidding. There was no. He, he made three different decisions for the same incident, and you, I don't understand what, what what we're supposed to do. The game, the game used to run with amateur referees, and they got a lot more respect than they do now, because they they, they did the job and they they made a decision, and they used to let the linesman help them as well, which they don't anymore. You know, the linesman could put his flag up, he'd get ignored because the referee is, is the centre of it all, a bit, bit celebrity. Started years ago with Ganson and people like that, uh, Kirkpatrick, people like that, who who want to be the centre of that game, and it, it upsets me now because it people the amount of people have said to me in the last couple of weeks, rugby league's dying, and I, I think part of it is not just from the RFL because we know that well, they're incompetent, I'm afraid, but it comes down through the referees as well. I don't think most of them are good enough to do the game, um, and and the decisions that are made. One week, me and Paul spoke about this a few weeks ago, funnily enough, after Chris Atkin had got a yellow card for, for a ball steal, 
a perfectly clean ball steal. The week after, Warrington played Saints. The same referee and the same incident happened and he let play go on. You can't win. You can't win. It depends who you are and where you are. Um, Always learned that, from it. That's part of the, and that's part of the problem. But then, then they're passing things on to the disciplinary, which they could deal with on the pitch. Hmm. So they've got to then look like they're doing something. They've got to justify their job. The disciplinary panel, you know, what's the point of it? So they're handing out bands left, right and centre. They didn't see the incident. They didn't see the build-up to the incident. They didn't see something might have happened, a tackle before, and this guy's frustrated. Why? You know, the referees have got to make these decisions. And like I've said, I mean, I, I defended uh, McLeod just last week. He made the wrong decision. Well, he sent the wrong player off. He shouldn't have done. He's right in front of him. But he did. But I think he's, I actually think he's a decent referee. I think he, he you know, he, he's fair. He doesn't seem to have a side or, you know, choose the bigger club over the smaller club. And I don't think it's the same for all of them. I think some do sway and are a little bit worried about what might happen to them. Will I get the cup final or the grand final if I penalise this team? You see, you know, I mean, you only have to see the decision of moving our game from Friday to Sunday that somebody's in control of the rugby league that for me shouldn't be. So, um, outside influence. But yeah, I think, I think, like Paul said, I think, is the game gone soft? No, I don't think the players have. I don't think the play, I don't think most of the players will be happy to, you know, just get on with it, give a penalty ref and get on with it. But like you say, these yellow cards for all sorts, I mean, a yellow card for a ball steal is, is the lowest I think the, the game could ever go. Yeah. Um, talking about the RFL, uh, Paul, there's talk, talk's going to go on between the RFL and the uh, Super League realigning again. Um, how do you think that's going to play out? Um, and how do you think the clubs are going to react? Because obviously the Super League have their, are their own kind of body at the moment and they have sort of the power, don't they? So to how much power do you think they are willing to give away to the RFL? I don't know, but it, sh- it should have always been like that to me. I mean, you had it years ago, didn't you? Like, oh, Baller and you've got the, the RFL now doing you know the championship and what have you, then the Super League broke away and what have you. So... To me, it should all be under one thing. The, the rugby league should be one, one one governing body. I don't care what anybody says. And every every club should have, have like power. It shouldn't just be because of who you are. And we all know there's a cartel in rugby league of certain clubs that seem to have a bit more clout than others. And I think it's always been like that since I've watched the sport. And, and it shouldn't be. And Park is dead right. Referees are influenced by things like that. I'm pretty sure they are. You know, you've got to go. <laughs> You got a certain away grounds and the living crowd give after decisions, don't they? So, uh, so yeah. I mean, just going back to referees. I mean, to me, a good referee is a referee when you don't notice him. You don't notice the referee in the match, and at the end of the game, you think, "Oh, what a great game he had." He just let the game flow. He, he uses common sense. That's all you're asking the referees to do. And I know you said before that they're on their own and it's a difficult job. On uh, Sunday, they have two in goal judges with them. They've got two touch judges with them. There's plenty of people. Bad money about the sending off. But he was right in a way. There was, there was like two touch judges, two, uh, what's the names, two in goals. You had um, the guy on the telly, the fourth official on the side. So he, he had a point, really, you know, the, the way things are. And I don't think it's just that. There has been a lot of strange decisions. It's like with the video referee. You, get some, you look at some of them and think, how have, they, how have they come up with that decision there? So... I don't know. I think we overcomplicate things sometimes. I think the referees do. Anyway, I'm like, not am I going to go at them because I think it's a tough job being a referee. I mean, I wouldn't like to do it. and I, I don't like going on Twitter loads, but I've seen stuff on Twitter this week and you get people calling referees out and tagging them and stuff and all that. It's just, don't do that. I, I think that's just silly, that. But 
Um, yeah, I'm, I, don't, I don't. Honestly, I don't like slagging referees off and, and things. But just going back to your original point, because I'm going off on a tangent. I think, um, yeah, I'd like to see it all come back under one roof um, and have a proper sort of, you know, umbrella that covers all the leagues and the, and the amateur scene as well, and everybody works together. Because I think when you're working together, you get a better product. I think when it's all different things, it doesn't work for me. You know what, boys? I love a good conspiracy theory, but you two are well on it tonight, looking for looking for reasons why the RFL and the Super League are, have it have it in for us. Um, Parkip, I, I agree with, with Paul. I think it will work better that everyone's under the same umbrella, and um, and it stops that kind of um, sort of mishmash between international the international game and the domestic game, um, and hopefully we can we can build from there. Yeah. Firstly, going going back to that with the referees, I don't just think it's Salford. I think, it's, right. <laughs> I, think I think it's the likes of Wakefield and Lee and and those that aren't fashionable. I think we I think they do bear the brunt a little bit. But anyway, moving on. Yeah, bringing in uh, two incompetent organisations together at once will be brilliant. Um, I, I, I listen, like Paul said, I don't I don't understand the split in the first place, but it, it still seems to work better with the Premier League and the Football League in, in soccer than it than the RFL and Super League tugging against each other all the time. I mean, this, this, this the, the last week has proven to me that whoever runs the game can't run the game and shouldn't run the game. Um, I mean, is it going to make any difference? What what are they going to decide at the end of the day? Are they going to say, you know, oh, well, the Super... Yeah, is the league going to say to the Super League, well, you can't do this. You've got to have promotion relegation. You've got to have, you know, one up, one down or a playoff or you've got to have a top eight. Or top Super League going to say, no, we make these rules. It's not going to change anything. Nothing, nothing's going to move forward because it's a lot for me. Still got this, especially the RFL, this old flat cap image of running a, a working men's club. You know what I mean? Selling raffle tickets and having a meat raffle or something. It, 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 it doesn't seem to have moved on into a progressive. The sport is the, for me, and I know I'm biased, is the best sport on earth. There's no the product on the pitch most of the time, except games like Sunday, is phenomenal. But I think it's being run by people who can't run. The, I wouldn't let them run a bath. It annoys me when you see the decisions they make and they think it's logical. And I just don't see the two of them coming together. A, I don't think they'll agree with each other or anything. You know, there'll be a debate about funding. You know, all Super League clubs are getting this much, but, yeah, yeah, you know, the RFL clubs are only getting this much. Let's merge and let's... Di- all the Super League clubs are going to go, no, no, this is our money. You know, you, I don't understand what they're going to sort out by it. And it asks, you know, if it's going to help the international game, well, that that needs a lot of help, a lot of help. And I'm not, I don't trust the people in charge to, to to do that. And I'm being really negative, but I just don't, I don't like the people who run the RFL, and I don't trust them. I think it might be worth letting them run a bath to see if they sink and swim, sink or swim, wow. really. Um, other other news, better news, Paul, a new signing, Ellis Robson. Uh, signed from Warrington for two weeks. Twenty-two year old can play second row prop or loose forward. Sounds like a, a good kid. Yeah, we'll have to see how he goes now because I think he's in the squad, isn't he, for uh, for Thursday night? And we might be a bit low on numbers. And yeah, it'd be coming to prove a point, won't we? We were chatting before, weren't we, about the, these loans? And I don't think two weeks is long enough for me. I mean, we had that young Ben Davis from St. Helens, and he was just starting to come into his own. Really, he played in two away games in it, OKR and. 
Huddersfield, and I thought he went really well for us. I'd, I'd love to have seen him play a bit longer for us. So, so yeah, let's see how this one goes. We, we do. We had a bit short on bodies, aren't we? And uh, I know we'll have Greg Burt back. He'll be back this week, won't he? He's, he's done his one game ban, but we've got these other bands, haven't we? So, so yeah, good luck to him. And I believe he's a local lad as well. So, uh, so yeah, I hope he gets in the side and, and performs well. Yeah, it's it signed for Ottawa Aces Parker. A problem there. Captain of the Warrington Under 19s at one point, and like Paul said, local lad. Yeah, well, just got to give the give the kid a chance. I mean, is he going to get a chance at Warrington? Well, not at the moment. The way they're playing, are not much of a chance. You know, they're 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 absolutely flying at the moment, and to to break into a team like that's going to be difficult, especially for a young forward. You know, it's it's different forwards don't you know mature much later, don't they? So. Uh, yeah, let's let's give him a shot. Get a body in. I see um, young Connor Aspie's in the squad, isn't he, for this week as well? Who's been in absolutely? He's been on fire for uh, his little spell in uh, is it North Wales? So um, you know, interesting. But another one that obviously has come through our system. So that's you know that's good. Good to see whether he gets a game. I don't know, but we definitely need bodies. Um, but yeah, let, let's see what he can do. Let's give him a chance. I mean, if he if he skipped Warrington's academy, he's not going to be a terrible player, is he? So. Um, yeah, let's give him a chance. I just wish, like Paul said, we could have these players a little bit longer. Give them a month to try and bed in. It takes you a couple of weeks to bed into a new system and get to know your teammates, and then and then play. And I thought uh, Davies was was fantastic for us in the two game, a couple of games he played. And hopefully we'll get the same out of this guy. And you know, who knows, we might be able to extend it for him. And if he is a local lad, give him a chance to uh, maybe make a move in the in the end of the season. Yeah, I think the two weeks thing is just the, the sort of the Super League rule. I think they just keep rotating, you know, like rolling the two weeks on if they need him for longer. So yeah, good luck to him. Hopefully he'll uh, he'll shine, and then uh, who knows what might happen at the end of the season. Uh, last bit of news, uh, Paul. Stadium update on the eighth of July at the stadium, eighteen seventy three club. Um, Paul King is going to give us an update on what's going on regarding the stadium. We don't, I don't know what what's going on with the stage. I'm sure we're you know we're going to be very interested to hear what what's going on with our with our future. So yeah, the tickets are free. You can order them online, and uh, hopefully people will go down there and uh, and and listen to what Paul's got to say. Yeah, do we want to go down? Do we want to know the news? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I've heard all sorts of rumours as, as you guys have, and I think a lot of the other sports have. There's all sorts flying around at the moment. I think this is a good opportunity for the club to. To put things out in the open, isn't it? And, and, and tell people the facts and tell people the truth of what's happened. So <clears throat> I'm hoping it's positive news, but there's always that nagging doubt in your mind that it might be something, you know, detrimental. So I'll just wait and see. But, you know, whatever we end up playing, you just stick with them, don't you? So uh, we'll just have to watch this space on that one, I think. Parky, you've got one question to ask uh, Paul King about the situation. What would it be? Uh, well. I mean, first of all, we'll say normally when 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 things sort of break, they they get put on the on the the internet, you know, whatever. Club make a statement to call a meeting or or such like. He's he, he always puts the willies up me a little bit. I'll be honest with you. Um, one question. I don't know. I suppose it it depends on what the news is. Um, but it would be if if we can't play the AJ Bell, where are we going to play? Is is there a contingency plan in place? I think that'd be my my worry. Um, I don't I don't know. I don't. I can't really think of anything that without actually having an inclination one way or the other, which you know which way it's going to go. Yeah. Um, 
I'd like to know that the club have got a plan, though, and we're not waiting for the last minute and then we get told, sorry, you're moving out and mm. we've got nowhere to go and we end up, you know, going playing at, I don't know, Broughton or something. I don't know. He, he, I'd like to know that there is some a bit of a plan there, but um, if not, you know, I'll be at stop lane with everybody else. <laughs> My question, uh, Paul, would be taking the emotion out of it, Where's the, where's the best place for us to play uh, financially as a club? What about you? Well, well, yeah. I don't bother where they play, Rob. At the end of the day, don't change the name and don't merge with anybody. If As long as we're solving, I'm not bothered. I mean, yeah, of course I want us to play in Super League and I want us to get to Grand Finals and things like that. That 2019 season is probably the best sort of time I've had watching Solver. I loved every, every minute of it and you know, seeing my dad's face at some of the games and that. But if it came down to it and we couldn't, stay there I mean I'd, I'd watch him in the I mean, championship or league one or wherever just as long as we kept our identity and, and kept who we are because that's what it's all about it, it's not all about winning trophies and things like that it's about being part of that family that you've been brought up, up in so that's that's what I fear sometimes when I hear about these meetings I, I get frightened that that thing that I've always had in my life will get taken away from me and I don't want it to I always want it to be there in some shape or form so so yeah obviously it's Things might change and that, but as long as I can still go and watch the team, I'm, I'm not really bothered. I'll just back them wherever they wherever they may be. Yeah, and I suppose the good thing, Parker, um, the likes of Paul King, Ian Blees, uh, Paul Trainer, Andy Rosler, all have sort of sulfured in the heart. So obviously they are businessmen as well, uh, but they will make if, if deals need to be done, they'll they'll do good deals. Yeah, they're always going to look out for, for the interest of the club. That's that's the, the, the great thing about having people like this. That, you know, I, I, I genuinely believe aren't going to sell us down the river. You know, um, we somebody else tried it, didn't they, a few years back and, and didn't like the response they got. So, um, like Paul said, I, my only thing is I, I always just want to stay in the city. You know, I don't want to move in a way and I'm going to go and play it share the ground with Lee or go to, to Rochdale or somewhere like that. You know, it's, it's bad. Sometimes when you go to, go to the home game, um, depending how you have to get there, it's like an away game. Um, I, I definitely don't want to be travelling any further than I have to in terms of, you know, for a home game, I mean, like you say, going to Rochdale or somewhere like that to, to go and watch your team. Uh, from a city as, you know, as big and heavily populated and, you know, as progressive as the one we're in, it seems a... That 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 would hurt. Um, but if it meant that Salford Rugby League Club stayed alive, then we'd have to do it. And I'm sure Paul King and, like say, Bleasy and everybody else involved is is looking at that and looking at what's best for Salford to stay alive. Um, that you know, these hundred and what thirty odd years of heritage that we don't want flushing down the toilet just because somebody don't want us to play at their ground. If that's the case, um, so yeah, no, I trust them. I trust these guys, and he, you know that that's the reason they're there now. Um, so, you know, just fingers crossed that it is just an update, you know, or a, we're, we're putting this to bed or we're knocking these rumours, you know, off or whatever. But, um, yeah, just interesting to go and, and see what they've got to say. Yeah, so that's all the news. Uh, now we'll do uh, the amateur report, Paul's amateur report, see what's going on in the, uh, the local scene and uh, nationally as well. Here is this week's Devil in the Detail amateur report. We shall start, as we usually do, with the National Conference Leagues. Oldham St. Anne's, they lost their place at top spot of uh, League C. They were beaten at home to Crossfields, 28 points to 22. Saddleworth Rangers <coughs> beat Clockface Miners, 18 points to 14. 
Warthead Warriors 4, Wollstone Rovers 44. The fixtures for this week coming up, these are going to be played on Saturday the 3rd of July. League C, Clockface Miners face Oldham St. Anne's. Crossfields play Rochdale Mayfield and Saddleworth Rangers play Wollstone Rovers. There's one fixture in the Cross League on Saturday. That's between Wigan St. Jude's of League B and Waterhead Warriors of League C. Well, moving on to the North West Men's League. There was quite a lot of no results at the weekend. I'll give you the fixtures and results that we do have in Division 1. Berry Broncos beat Oldham St. Anne's A by 20 points to 10. In Division 2, Caddies and Rhinos 18, Bold Miners 6. Hindpool Tigers 34, West Horton Lions 32. In Division 3, Salford City Roosters are back to winning ways. They beat Rochdale Mayfield A by 46 points to 24. In Division 4, Garswood Stags 20, Higginshaw 21. And the fixtures for this coming weekend, Saturday, 3rd of July, Division 1, Charlie Panthers place very, sorry, face Berry Broncos, put my teeth back in. Oldham St. Anne's A face Widnes Moorfield. Folly Lane are at home to Caddy's Head Rhinos. Wigan St. Patrick's A play West Horton Lions. In Division 3, Lee East A are at home to Salford City Roosters. Rochdale Mayfield A play Crossfields A. Division 4, Higginshaw face Burtonwood Bridge. Langworthy Reds are at home to Garswood Stags. And Division 5, North and West. Preston South Ribble Rabbit Holes play Higginshaw A. And in Division 5 South and East, Burtonwood Chargers face Bolton Mets. Salford City Roosters A face Holton Sims Cross A. And Waterhead Warriors A at home to Ince Rose Bridge A. Well, there's not much to report from the weekend in the North West Youth Leagues. There was many, many um, sort of no results in there. The only result I have got is in Division 1 of the under-18s, Rochdale Mayfield beat Oral St. James 18 points to 16. The fixtures... Oh, sorry, there's one result in Division 3 of the... Under 16, sorry, my mistake. Goldborn Packs have 36, Langworthy Reds 4. The fixtures for this coming Sunday. We've got one fixture on Thursday, actually. Thursday, the 1st of July. I'm doing very well today, am I? 1st of July, Thursday. It's uh, in the Lancashire Cup, under 16s, Blackbrook Royals at home to Waterhead Warriors. In the North West Youth Cup on Thursday, Wigan St. Cuthbert's under 16s play Rochdale Mayfield. The rest of the fixtures on Sunday, the 4th of July. Under 18s, Lancashire Cup, Oral St. James are at home to Rochdale Mayfield. In the Premier Division of the under 18s, Waterhead Warriors face Oldham St. Anne's. In the under 18s, Division 2, Charlie Panthers are at home to Langworthy Reds. And in Division 3, Ashton Bears Goals face Caddies and Rhinos. The under 16s on Sunday. Holton Farm with Hornets are at home to Salford City Roosters in the Premier Division. Also in the Premier, it's Saddleworth Rangers at home to Wigan St. Jude's. In Division 1 of the under 16s, Waterhead play Hindley. Division 2, Rochdale Mayfield against Tato Heath Crusaders. Division 3, Folly Lane at home to Wollstone Rovers. And Langworthy Reds face the Roos Pioneers. Right, finally this week, we, as we usually do, we'll turn our attention to the Betfred Championship and life outside Super League. Some fantastic matches at the weekend. Batley Bulldogs, 12. Halifax Panthers, 22. These are all in the Championship. Bradford Bulls, 12. Witness Vikings, 25. Featherstone Rovers keep marching on. They beat Newcastle Thunder, 68 points to 12. Swinton Lions were beaten 38 points to 24, but they give London a real scare down there. Uh, Oldham 4, Dewsbury 18. Toulouse Olympic go marching on as well. They beat Sheffield Eagles away from home 54 points to 6. And Whitehaven 37, York City Knights 12. Bit of a shock result there. Whitehaven with a, with a good result. In the Betfred League 1, there was 3,146 at this game. Barrow 24, Workington Town 24. What a fantastic matchup in Cumbria that was. Adam Warren, former Salford player, scored a try in that game as well. So, uh, so a great game there between those two sides. Coventry Bears 16, Doncaster 34. Keithley Cougars 
34, London Scholars 22. Rangi Chase made his Rochdale Hornets debut. They beat North Wales Crusaders 38 points to 28. I believe Rangi Chase has, has injured his arm. I think he's broke his arm in that game as well. So we wish him uh, to get well soon. But a good result for the Hornets. West Wales Raiders 12, Huntsler 38. The fixtures for this week. All the championship games are Sunday apart from a couple of games Saturday. These Both these games kick off at 6 o'clock. Featherstone Rovers play London Broncos and Toulouse Olympic face Oldham. On Sunday in the championship, Bradford Bulls face Batley Bulldogs. Dewsbury Rams at home to Sheffield Eagles. Halifax Panthers face Woodness Vikings. Swinton have a trip to Whitehaven. And York City Knights are at home to Newcastle Thunder. In the Betfred League 1, Barrow face Doncaster. Coventry Bears versus Hunslet. North Wales Crusaders against Keith Cougars. Rochdale Hornets play London Scholars. And Workington Town are at home to the West Wales Raiders. That's all I've got for you. I'll see you next week. So that's the Amir report from Paul. And now we'll look forward to the Wakefield game on Thursday night. It's time for the Devil of the Details. So, Sovereign Devils faced Wakefield at the AJ Bell Stadium on Thursday, Parker, big game uh, for Salford after after last week's defeat against Leeds. Yeah, another tougher um, Wakefield. Obviously, they, they started the season poorly as well, but they had a lot of injuries and a lot of knocks. And they've taken a few more, I think. I know Johnson got injured again the other day. who's a, a magnificent winger. Absolutely brilliant. But he, he does struggle with injuries. They lost the centre the week before. Um, so they'll have a few missing. And, and they'll have tired bodies, you know. But they have had... I think they've had an extra 24 hours over us, have they? Or was it even more, more than that, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. They play, they play Wednesday mm-hmm. last week, so they've had, you know, they'll have had a nice, a nice break, really. Um, but they did have players involved in 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 the uh, in the England game, and it's tough. It's always tough against Waker. They're a they're a proper nuggety club. I've got nothing but respect for them. Not the ground, but the, the actual. The team themselves, they, they just do, they, they cover themselves in so much glory at times. On they're just like us, they, they live off a shoestring most of the time. They're not the, not a popular club or anything like that, but they produce when they need to, and they they dig in, and that's something that I wish we had a little bit more of at times. That 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 spirit that they've got, um, it'll be tough. It'll be really really tough. Um, an interesting battle. We'll get a couple of bodies back, but again, like we mentioned earlier, we've already lost a few. Um, so it's going to be tough, and I know you know we've had a short turnaround. We've got to try and spring back, um, but it's going to be tough. Wait for a really good, well-organized, well-drilled team. Chris Chester's got them uh, got them going again now. They seem to be bouncing a bit. They had a great result against Wigan. Um, I know it's a, a youthful Wigan side. Let's say that without key players, French, uh, Hastings, uh, Farrell, people like that. But they're still Wigan will always be a good team, no matter what they turn out. Um, so. To, to get the win over them, we'll have boosted them. They'll be full of confidence coming down here. They'll have seen what happened to us the other day. Um, and I'm sure they'll be well up for it. Yeah, looking at the Wakefield stats, uh, Paul, top carriers, top tacklers, missed a lot of tackles as well. Um, shows that they'll run the blood to water. And that's going to be a key element, I think, on, on Friday. Obviously, we're in kind of, um, Thursday, sorry, on the, in the middle of a, a kind of a hectic schedule for us. It's all about putting your shoulders to, to, to the wheel and, and can we trade with with arrested Wakefield in this situation? I've been impressed with them recently. I think they won four out of six the last six games and they, they beat Huddersfield quite comfortably. I think they take Huddersfield, didn't they? And they had a good result against Ulkair and played pretty well against Wigan last, last week as well. So 
they're, they're going to be a tough side to, to beat. I think they started pretty poorly in the league, but a lot of the defeats, they have a pretty tight games, weren't they? I don't think anyone's actually hammered them this season. They've they've competed really well. and They've got a settled team, as I mentioned before. Very impressed with their half-backs. That Mason Lino and Jacob Miller. I mean, Miller's been there a long time now, hasn't he? And they seem to be working really well as a partnership. You know, that Johnston on the wing, if you give him half a sniff, he'll take it, won't he? He's got pace, really good pace. I mean, he's one of the best wingers in the country. He can finish really well. I like Matty Ashurst in the back row. He's a player I never, we should never have got rid of at Salford for me. Works his socks off and ever since he's been at Wakefield, I think he's always, he always has a good game against us. So, uh, yeah, they've got, I don't think they're a side sort of packed with star names, but they've got players who are very consistent in each position, really. So, uh, and some, some good young players as well. So, it will be a tough game. And as we mentioned before, I think they're just as good as Leeds Wakefield. I wouldn't go writing them off. I think they're a, they're a decent side. So, we're going to have to be on our game if we're, if we're to get a result in this one. We're really going to have to, to perform and we, we need to start well and we're probably going to have to score some points as well. You know, we're going to have to, uh, to test Wakefield. So I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good game. Yep, stay disciplined, stay in the arm wrestle, Parker, and grind the result. Yeah, like I say, they're getting a couple of players back. I think Westerman, um, is it Takarangi, the big, the big four, is that his name? Yeah. I've completely slipped my mind there. If I've got that right, I've done well. Um, <laughs> that's what you get with, with Wakefield as well. They're forwards. They always, I think Paul's mentioned Ashurst, who's not, who's just an athletic forward who, who puts in 18 minutes graft every week. But they've got a massive pack, really big players. Um, and even some of their three quarters are huge as well. Reese Lynn will obviously come back in. He's another another massive threat. So, it's, it's going to be really tough for us. Really, really tough. And it's, this is one of them games like the Uddersfield game, though. If you pull off a win here, it changes your whole the whole spirit. You know, everything I've just mentioned there is putting us in a negative. You know, and straight away, one win, we can bounce back. And for me, this is this has to be the one now. This has to be the one we go for. Hull away, it's, um, the, on the Monday, it's going to be, for me, virtually impossible to get anything out of Hull in red up form. So we've, we've got to target this game again now. Um, and, I mean, go, going ahead, I know I'm leaping ahead a little bit to the whole game, but I, I, I'd take one of these uh, where you have to call the game off. I'd set for 24 nil in that right now. I'd, I'd walk away with that because um, I think I fear it might be a lot worse. Um, but, yeah, no, the, the Wakefield game's going to be really tough. They're a good team. They're well organised. Um, but we've got to stand up to the task now. Again, the players have... I've had a, a few days nursing, you know, injuries and bumps and bruises. But again, um, like you say, Burke will be back. Um, we, we'll have a couple, couple of others. Paulie, Paulie, hopefully, and, and Kenny Seo. Uh, we've got the new kid uh, on, on loan who's be keen to impress if he gets a run out. So we, we've just got to knuckle down and get through this. This is, this is tough. This is really tough, and it's been tough for a while. But these three games in in eight days or whatever it is, he's. It, it's hard but this is the one we've got to get up for now um, get as much as you can from a home game as well against Wake um, if we can win that who knows You know, again we could be bouncing get a couple more players back for the next game and you move on from there but uh, it's going to be tough it's going to be really tough yeah I don't think Paul King would want to walk away with a 24-0 defeat against Hull with a 25 grand finals or whatever they'd be thrown at us we don't want any of that so hopefully we'll we'll get a few more bodies back before before Monday uh, Paul score prediction well no weather prediction first and then give us your score prediction it's going to be dry I think on Thursday dry decent day yeah decent day just talking about all there I mean it's a nice trip all we don't want that getting postponed do we <laughs> 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 um, 
Yeah, just thinking about the score predictions. I mean, should we always talk about Nando's? I think we can scrap the Nando's. I think we should have a meat draw. I'm back. He said before yeah. about old pub meat draw. He's starting good, that to me. I've got a meat, meat raffle. Yeah. Um, did they used to have them in the con club parky on a Sunday night, or did I dream that? Uh, you used to have them on Fridays. Friday, yeah, might be Friday, Friday yeah. yeah. Um, happy days then. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was strange. I'd cover the pool table up with meat. Yeah. And um, yeah, oh, many a time I've walked home from there happier than I, than I went out, yeah, mm. carrying a, a load of bacon and ham home. It's brilliant. But uh, yeah, no, well, miss that. So yeah, we might organise that. We'll have a meat raffle. <laughs> If only we knew a good butcher. <laughs> so, Paul, give us uh, give us your meat. What's the score? Um, whew, not, I don't think I've done a prediction yet, have I? Yeah, well, I have. I did one the other day on the thingy, but I forgot what I put now. Depends oh. how many points we can score, though, doesn't it? We can't score <laughs> points, so I'm going to go... I think I went a low-scoring game. I'm going to go 16-12 to Salford, because we can't score more than 20 points, can we? 16-12, there's just a story behind that. Um, story, story, story. Do you know what? I'd like Conor Aspie to play. Huh? I'd really like Conor Aspie to play. I know some people might say, oh, he's only young and all that. We've lost, what well, we won two out of 11. Give the lad a chance. He's in the squad. Put, put him on there. Because Andy Eckers needs a bit of backup. And I, he might just be the surprise and the, the energy that we need. I'd put him in this game. I really would. I'd stick him on the bench. Um, yeah, Conor Aspie to score late on for us if he plays. 16-12. What about you, Parky? What's your uh, what's your prediction? Not allowed to back against the Zama. Nope. Made that up, you guys. Yeah, no, not not on here, not on the actual prediction, definitely. <laughs> um, uh, well, as Paul said, we, we don't score. Um, so I'm going to go for an incredible tight and tense game. Yeah. I'm going to go Salford 10. Yeah. Wakefield 4. 10-4. 10-4 Salford. Is, there a, is there a story behind that? Uh, yeah, the referee gives us three penalties because we know that's not going to happen uh, and we kick them off and that uh, and that wins us the game. There's only one try apiece for both teams. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go... I, I think it's a bit... I think we'll break the curse this week and we'll, we'll go in steaming with a... A thirty points to six win, and Christian uh, Inu will will kick five goals and score a try. You say this every week about these points, and they never come. No, this is true. <laughs> but I'm I'm hoping. I'm thinking that because he's obviously he's back in the squad this week, isn't he? So yeah, I'm was, thinking yeah. he'll come back on his kicking duties and kick us to glory. Parker. Well. If, if that's the case, he's, he's kicking me, me three penalties that win the game, so <laughs> yeah. I'm in. Yeah, I'll settle for that. Yeah, so that's the end of this week's uh, podcast. Uh, Paul, another great show. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I don't know if I fancy that game, if it's going to be the, the way Parky said it's going to turn out. <laughs> Sounds right, yawn, doesn't it, 10-4? <laughs> but no, I'm looking forward to it. Enjoyed the show, lads, and uh, looking forward to Thursday. Yeah, another great show, Parky. You can get back to celebrating England's, England's win now. <laughs> Yeah, I'll go and have a cup of tea, I think. I won't go too wild, it's midweek. Um, yeah, no, it's been great. You know, it's, it's obviously difficult chatting after a result like that on, on Sunday, but um, you two lads always manage to lift my spirit. You know, I get I get my frustration out. I have a, have a rant at the RFL and then crack on. So, um, who knows, next time we speak, you know, we could be all smiles again. So, um, yeah, no, it's great to speak to you both. And, 
you know, thanks for cheering me up. As well, uh, Paul, just before we go, I remember just what I mentioned our YouTube uh, subscribers have trebled in the last uh, few weeks. People wanting to uh, sort of watch us and listen to us as well. It's uh, quite quite amazing, really. All right, okay. Oh, so I space for radio, Rob. Yeah, no, very good, very good. I enjoyed doing them on the. Now I've got somewhere to sit. I'm on the couch and I've got yeah. a good bot. Need it, so. Yeah, oh, very good. Yeah, sounds good to me. So if you if you haven't subscribed yet, get on YouTube and subscribe. And when I drop the podcast on YouTube, you'll uh, you'll get it on your feed. Yeah, big thanks for tuning to this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. So big thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you next week for more Soul Fred Devil's Chat. Ha 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 